Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 1 of Charmed. Ooh, Season 5, A Witch's Tale, coming in. A Witch's Tale Part 1. Yes, A Witch's Tale Part 1. Okay, okay, okay. Mermaids. The thing is, I kind of felt like they sort of phased us gently into the bad seasons of charmed nope no bam this episode is a declaration of what charmed means to be in the future yeah like phoebe is full ask phoebe and i thought she was full ask phoebe last season but no no she is she has become the true monster she's not even the queen of hell anymore nope nope Is is this a permanent stain on her soul that being the Queen of Hell has left, or is this just Phoebe? No, it's just Phoebe. I mean, we've talked before about how Phoebe's the one who is most inclined towards evil. Like, her her identical ancestor was the one who was evil, and she's the one who was attracted to Cole, etc., etc. She was born over the Nexus. Yeah, but she is terrible in this episode. And speaking of Cole, like... Okay, Okay, did they forget what happened in the last episode? In the last, I mean, lesson? to be fair, it was a full summer for them. It was a full summer for them, but, like, you'd think Cole clawing his way out of super hell to save Phoebe from evil Bruce Campbell is something that would stick in the mind. Oh, see, that's funny, because you were talking about what actually happened, and I was like, why does Phoebe hate Cole now? Oh my god, yeah, like... Last season, granted, it was by getting him to stay in hell, but last season, Phoebe wanted to help Cole move on, and now she hates him. And, like, he didn't do anything to her? Like, yeah, he was possessed. We know that by the fact that he's, you know, not the source anymore. Like, when he and the Source both kerploded and went to Superheld, they went as separate beings. It's why the Source isn't in the show anymore. Like, Cole isn't the Source. They were two separate beings. The Source got nom-nom-nommed by that pit demon. Yeah, yeah. She's acting as though... I, and I just... I want to I backtrack a little bit here and be fair, right? Cole is... A demon who did try to kill her and her sisters, but they worked through that already. She's in love with him still. He. That's actually going to be a very important plot point next episode that she still loves him. What changed exactly? Like between him getting possessed, like I know he was possessed by the source, but they get possessed by stuff all the time. This like... is this is an emotional retcon. Phoebe is behaving in a way that does not track with the emotions she was portraying in the last episode. Which, honestly, I was upset by that, too, because, again, Cole was possessed. It's not his... Everything that happened with the source was not his fault. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. We're we're really... We're we're diving feet first into this, so... So... Uh, because it's about mermaids. Oh, right, we're... We're we're flopping Finn first. Mm. So, in the manor, God, they're just right right off the bat, right off the bat. Hey, 
Did you know that Phoebe is so famous now that she has a giant ass billboard downtown that no one's talking about for some reason? Okay, by the way, you're talking about Phoebe, but let's not let's not sleep on the fact that Piper is becoming full Piper in this episode too. Because the Shut up about your billboard, Phoebe. I'm having a baby. The episode starts with Phoebe saying that she has to get out of the house because she has to go to work because she's about to do a radio interview. And Piper's like, can you just be an aunt for one second and look at the nursery and, like, care about the fact that I am pregnant? Yeah, this is this is just going to be their personalities for the rest of the show. And yes, Phoebe does point out that there's a giant billboard with her face on it and no one has acknowledged it. And Piper and Leo have to spend a couple of minutes comforting Phoebe that it's very impressive that she has a billboard all by herself. But you know what? Piper's having a baby, and that's important too. Yeah, they're making a nursery out of the out of the closet in their room, and Phoebe's like, "Isn't that a little small for a baby?" Babies are tiny. It's fine. Yeah, seriously, and like, it, it's just so the baby will be able to sleep near them. Yeah. Then Paige shows up. She orbs in, and there's a demon orbing right after her, and. She has Piper blast it, and they're like, oh my god, can you not fight demons for, like, one second? We're trying to deal with our radio interview, and also the fact that Piper's having a baby. Paige has been on a super witch kick, which, you know what, I think makes sense. Last season ended with her nearly losing her powers, so I could see why she would have, I know this is giving them way too much credit, her attitude towards magic changes so much in this show, but apropos of nothing but i think it makes sense that she's you know gone really into being a witch they point out that the potion that she was brewing last night blew up and changed her hair color that's why she's a redhead now that is so ridiculous that's that's just ridiculous that they felt like they had to say that People change their hair. Yeah. Phoebe Phoebe bleached her hair blonde a couple of seasons ago, and they just acknowledged that it was bleach. Nobody was like... Wow, I can't believe the blonde hair demon attacked you. But, yes, uh, Paige is on a super witch kick. She's uh, She's got red hair now, so uh, the Charmed Ones are not at the same time granted, but they've hit the trifecta. You know, they, they have been a... Very, 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 very liberal use of the word blonde, a brunette and a redhead. Yep. Yep. Several kinds of brunette even, because Shannon Doherty's hair is like... Dark black. Dark black, and the other, everyone else's is, you know, brown. Okay. Although, I guess Paige's was also, you know, dark black. Yes, yes, it was. Very dark black. Yeah. Okay, so have you seen the movie The Little Mermaid? No, I don't believe I've ever heard of that movie. Oh, really? Because Brad Kern's seen it. Hey, hey, who wants to see The Little Mermaid but live action and not as fun? That sounds like it's throwing shade at the new Little Mermaid movie. Which it does, it does. This is good timing for this. You know. For us to be doing this episode? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I have... No strong thoughts on that. I'm sure the live-action Little Mermaid will be fine. <sighs> I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about it. Have you seen the, the, the new flounder design that everyone's been dunking on? <laughs> yeah, no, the flounder design is terrible. It's terrible. Honestly, it's really, really hard to do 
photorealistic animals out of cartoon characters. I was just, I, I don't even know. It's it's hard. It's hard. Just go cartoony with it. Who cares? Right? People are going to see it anyway. That was the, that's the whole attitude behind releasing these live action ones. I, I liked someone, someone posted a little clip of her like playing around with Flounder and like making fun of him, but he doesn't talk in the clip. I'm assuming he has a voice because he is a voice actor, but he doesn't talk in the clip and someone's like, it's just like she's a regular person bullying a fish. <laughs> oh. Which to be fair, she's a princess, so it would be like that anyway. Right, yeah, yeah. But in this Little Mermaid. Uh, okay, in this Little Mermaid, this is a thing, though, with Little Mermaid's adaptations in general. She's blonde. Oh, yes, yes, this is a blonde Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've seen a non-Disney Little Mermaid, they tend to be blonde. Also, I hadn't thought about this, but her hair is in, like, a very straight bob, as was the style at the time. Do you know why it's in a bob? No. Because she's a mermaid. That's what you do in the ocean. Okay. You bob. Yeah, no, it was just because that was the style of the time, which is an insane thing. It is insane that they have a mermaid who has a sharp bob. That's not the kind of haircut you have underwater. Seriously, you want flowy hair, but I guess they were like, you know what? We're not even bothering giving the actress a wig. They really were not. Or Alyssa Milano either, which is odd. Yeah, that's true. Especially because she references combing out her hair, which, I mean, it's not like she has the aggressively short hair she'll have later, which, yes, she looks really good with. I bet that that had to have inspired so many unfortunate haircuts. Eh. But. It's just hair. It grows back. Yeah. Usually. So the the Little Mermaid is meeting up with the sea hag who is telling her that since she failed to make a man love her in the time period of 30 days, which is much more generous than Ursula. Yeah. She did not get a human man to fall in love with her in 30 days, so she has to put the soul-sucking clam on her boob. It's actually a, it's actually a trumpet snail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, a tr- Triton's trumpet. Yeah, yeah. Enemy of the Crown of Thorns starfish. You can tell we have a kid who watches a lot of Baby Shark, huh? Can they tell? Oh, yeah, I guess if you don't have a kid who watches a lot of Baby Shark, you're not as horrifyingly familiar with the narratives of Baby Shark as we are. Baby Shark Brooklyn, not the... Uh, not Baby Shark's Big Show. Not Baby Shark's Big Show, which is different, apparently. Yeah, it's different. Anyway, yeah, she's she's supposed to stick the the shell on her on her breast and suck out her immortality, but she because like the Hans Christian Andersen mermaids, mm-hmm. mermaids here are immortal. Yes, but then that gets boring, and they well they don't say they don't have souls, but it, they become they have cold hearts. They become cold hearts, and which makes sense if you're going to be immortal, right? I mean, that's the way to deal with immortality. Yeah, well, I mean, in Hans Christian Andersen's story, in, in his Little Mermaid, the deal with the Little Mermaid is that she's immortal, but she doesn't have a soul, and that's that's what she longs for. She longs for a soul. Okay, not to go too far off track, and I should probably save it for later, but uh, you know Golden Films? Yeah, of course. They, they're like the... Uh... Hydrox? <laughs> They're like the asylum films of children's cartoons. Yeah. If uh, if you ever watched a really, really shitty version of a Disney movie and you were like, what the fuck was that? They're basically a company that exists entirely to trick grandparents into buying the wrong thing, which was lucrative, apparently, because they existed for a pretty long time before Disney had them all killed. But in the uh, in the Golden Films version, 
Uh-huh. She does end up with the prince, but she never gets her voice back. Interesting. Yeah. They just they they just end it with like she goes to the surface, he falls in love with her. We don't see the sea hag, see which whatever. We don't see the Ursula character after, you know, she mm-hmm. gives her her legs. That's just the end of the movie. She goes up, she marries the prince, never gets her voice back. Well, as I'm sure our listeners are aware, the Little Mermaid and Hans Christian Andersen story does not get to be with her prince in the end. And in fact, she has to live in this in-between world where she wanders the the earth and she comes closer to getting a soul every time she sees people do good and she gets further away from having a soul every time she sees people do bad. So you could tell your kids when they're bad, oh, you just damned the little mermaid to 10 more years of penance. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make it into a lot of adaptations. It's children's stories. Also, you know what? I said mermaids were immortal in the Hans Christian Andersen story. They're actually not immortal. They're just very, very long-lived. Hmm. But then when they die, they turn to sea foam. But Hans Christian Andersen was probably gay. Uh-huh. And it sort of makes the whole wanting someone who can never be with you thing kind of a more obvious running theme in his works when you're aware of that. Yep. I mean, there are there are a lot of people who are probably gay. But, you know, just a thing to keep in mind. Also, mermaids are a really good metaphor for a lot of stuff, especially in terms of the Hans Christian Andersen story, even though these other themes were probably not ones he was actively thinking of. Mm -hmm. That's not relevant in this episode at all. No, no, no. But I thought it bore mentioning. As long as we're talking about mermaids. They really don't do a lot with the whole mermaid thing. Like, it could be anything. It really could be. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but... This mermaid doesn't want to tell her human lover that she's a mermaid because she's afraid he'll be horrified and grossed out. And because when he... she's a genetic freak, which is a weird term for a mermaid to know. But you know. And when he sees her as a mermaid, he is in fact freaked out because if there's one thing I know about men, it's that they don't want to fuck mermaids. Come on, man. Mermaids are what men made up so they could justify wanting to fuck manatees. Like... like you could have chosen, like, a bridge troll or something. Don't tell me you don't want to fuck this mermaid, because I know you do. Go back to the Wendigo thing. Make her a Wendigo. No, but I Make know. her a Selkie. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that would have been cool, but also, like, you know. That would have been an entirely different story, though. Also, you can't put scale pasties on a, on a, on a Selkie. That's true. I remember the... the, the I think driving force behind this two-parter is scale pasties. So since you brought up the scale pasties, I don't know when else I'm going to have a chance to bring this up, so I'm going to bring it up. Okay. Uh, as as in Splash. Mm, yes. When she gets her legs wet, they turn into fins. Mm-hmm. Uh, except when she gets her legs wet, her whole body turns back into a mermaid, which means that whatever she's wearing disappears and she gets the shell pasties back oh are you saying that they're naturally part of her body they yes they are naturally part of her body but i wasn't even thinking about that i was thinking about how many clothes disappeared into the ether when she got wet (laughs) yeah she lost so much clothing that way We talked about this a little in the Wendigo episode, that the fact that this woman turns into a Wendigo three three nights a month, 
how many clothes she has to go through because we saw she didn't take them off. They just right, yeah. And we knew because when Piper turned back, she turned back naked. We knew that they didn't magically come back. I don't know why I said it like that. It is literally magic. But, <laughs> but uh, I thought you were going to say, which I'm going to just touch on really, really briefly, that apparently this is not exactly a backdoor pilot, but that Brad Kern had a mermaid show planned that did not end up going through, and apparently a lot of that got recycled into this episode, mm-hmm. which I can, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh. Although it's unfortunately not, I swear to God, we will talk about this episode at some point. This is all relevant stuff, though. It's not Sirens, sadly, which is Splash meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's about this trio of mermaids who come onto land to fight evil fishmen, and also they're in a band, and I am so mad that this show did not get picked up. I would love to live in the alternate universe where we're doing a podcast about that TV show instead. You can watch the pitch reel on YouTube and you should look it up because it's amazing. And like they each have a different mermaid power. And I feel like there are different TV shows that have this general concept. Mm -hmm. I think H2O just add water. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. I think that was a TV show that had that premise. Like there were three mermaids and they all had different powers and they went to high school or something. I know it's about mermaids. But it's it's not the one about that little girl who finds out she's a mermaid and she kills that guy. No, no, it's not that one, which is not called that. I forget what that one is. Scales mermaids are for real. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. (laughs) Which is a kid's movie. I know from that descriptor it doesn't sound like it, but... Yeah, she, she kills some guys by sucking all the water out of them. Yeah, it's her special mermaid power. It's this a is horrifying a mo- way to kill someone. It's a movie for children. That's literally, like, the monstrous thing that Katara does in Avatar The Last Airbender that's almost unforgivable. Mm. The bloodbending. Yeah. Although, I mean, but here it's just... not not. I'm not saying I find it unforgivable. I'm saying it's the thing that we're supposed to see would be a step too far for her. Yeah, which, I mean... Is it really that much worse than we're setting not, someone on fire? We're not <laughs> here to litigate Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay, okay. Drowning is also bad. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, Charmed. We could talk about mermaid stuff forever, but uh, Leo is cutting a hole in the closet to make a window so that it'll seem airier. Yeah, so it'll have some natural light. That's, that, okay. that makes sense. I don't know, it... This is a dumb thing to think about, but I feel like that's the sort of thing you would need a permit to do in this kind of house. Maybe you got one. Okay, I actually was worried that Leo was going to cut through something important when he did that. I know he's supposedly a handyman, but it would be so Leo to, like, cut through a wire or a pipe when he did that. It's okay, he can heal pipes. Pipes he can heal. Keep that in your back pocket. Oh, okay, okay. So, creepy, creepy thing. Piper finds some of her old baby stuff, including a picture of herself as an infant. Yeah, she finds her old baby book. She's flipping through it. She says, oh, it was a cute infant. And Leo's like, yeah, you were. And she's like, you weren't even looking at the picture. And he's like, no, but I, I was your white lighter, so I was watching over you when you were a baby. Yeah, I'm your white lighter. I've been watching over you since birth. Ew. No. Gross, bad, and wrong. No. Also, like... Has has Leo been watching over all of his... Tra- this isn't a regular white lighter thing, is it? I assumed you just got, like, assigned when someone's witch powers activated. Or uh, what have you. Yeah, I think this was a special case because they're the 
the charmed ones. The charmed ones. I like to think that this isn't the case because, God, it makes it so much worse if he's been watching her since child. Like, that, that adds a whole horrible dynamic to their relationship. What is this, the time traveler's wife? Yeah, no, it's it's horrifying. But, wait, so you're, you're, you're just choosing to believe that he's lying when he says that? I'm going to choose to assume that this is not in continuity. It, I don't think it comes up again. I mean... I don't know. I that doesn't that just kind of ruin their whole relationship if he's been... Yes, it does. Also, he had sex with Grams. Like he's been before, you know. A before she died and B when she was young. What is he? The Crusher Candle Ghost? <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. yeah. Yeah. Would he have had would the would the Candle Ghost have had to have sex with Wesley or would it just wait until there was another girl? I feel like the candle ghost would probably have had sex with Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Star Trek, there's an episode where we find out that uh, in Next Gen, in Star Trek The Next Generation, there's an episode in like season eight where we find out that (laughs) the ship's doctor's entire family has been having sex with a ghost for generations. And it just... I mean, I guess it's a bad thing. It it, ta- it, it takes their energy. Yeah, but... It's but it like, does make them happy, and they do seem to be pretty long-lived. Yeah, like, her, her grandmother or whatever was in her, what, 80s, 90s when she died? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not really seeing what the downside of this ghost is, but I, I it possesses somebody and starts shooting lightning, so they have to kill it using photons or something. Yes, that's correct. Oh... Uh... I'm sorry, what were we... Oh, oh, right. Um, yeah, Leo's, Leo's, Leo's Piper's Candle Ghost. Yes. Leo, uh, Piper, Piper's flipping through the book, and Leo's like, you know you can't fight demons anymore, right? And Piper's like, excuse me, Leo? Are you telling me what to do? Do you not understand our relationship dynamic? Piper points out that her mother fought ghosts when she was pregnant. <laughs> ghosts. Demons. Whatever. You know. Tomato, tomato. And Leo's like, yeah, and why does your baby book not go past your sixth year? Okay, so Piper was six when, uh, okay. So, so, so there's a five-year age difference between Piper and Phoebe. I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with you, Leo? What the fuck is wrong with you, Leo? He goes off on this huge speech about how her mother was brave and stupid like her, and that's why she died. And she's a mother now, and she has more important priorities, and she needs to focus on not dying like her mom did. Her dead mom who died. Remember, Piper, how your mom died? Doesn't that make you worried that you might die? Like, what the fuck, Leo? It's this long, horrible speech where he basically just tells her that she's going to die over and over and over again. I, I... And I want to point out, uh, I really don't feel like overconfidence was Patty's problem. No, no, it was not. Like, I always got the impression that Patty wasn't all that into being a witch. Like, being a witch is a dangerous job, it's true, but they didn't choose it, and the fact is, Piper is a witch. 
Telling her that that means she's probably gonna die young and leave her child alone is not a help. Is not is not helpful right now, Leo. Also, 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 like Grams lived to be old. Like, yeah. I I didn't get the impression it was unusual. Like, if anything, Piper, because she is a charmed one and has her sisters, should have a better shot than her mother had. Also, again, like they defeated the source of all evil. And all upper-level demons, except not really. Like, the, the the last season ended with them blowing up basically all of the upper parts of the underworld. Lower parts of the underworld? What have you. Whatever parts. A, a whole bunch of very important demons got blown up, and I'm sure that there are no more upper-level demons just waiting to replace them. Leo's being a dick. Yeah. Giant dick. Leo is being a huge dick. Meanwhile, in the Sea Hag's Cavern, we got so distracted talking about, like, the history of mermaids that we didn't mention that the little mermaid was like, no, my boyfriend does love me, I'll prove it to you, and ran away instead of giving up her her immortality. Yeah, we, we totally forgot to end talking about that scene. Yeah, the, the little mermaid decided not to stick the Triton's trumpet guardian snail on her boob and instead swam away. To go get help. Well, she's... Well, well, to go to her human boyfriend, who, if he says that he loves her, then... Then she'll become human. That's like the deal. The, I feel like the 30-day time limit had already expired at this point. It has. So, this shouldn't matter? Okay, so... Well, I guess that would have... No, that turns her human, so she wouldn't be immortal anymore, so the sea hag would have no reason to... Yeah, okay. Never mind. So... The minion of the the guy who has bargained with the sea hag for Necron. Yes, for the immortality. So basically she's she's gonna flip this immortality. <laughs> she's gonna get the immortality and then immediately sell it to another buyer. Yeah. It turns out that she is a bottom feeder, although she seems like a pretty powerful demon. But mm. she's a bottom feeder and she was targeted by this guy named Necron who eats life force or whatever mm-hmm. and she's like ah, ah ah what if i got you a mermaid's life force they're immortal so you wouldn't have to run around sucking the you know life energy out of people we'll see this we'll see this with a few other uh this shows up a few more times uh in one of my favorite episodes actually the one with the necromancer which oh, also has a really good title i do like that episode necromancing the stone boo <laughs> I think that's a really solid title, especially by charm standards. Also, when he calls the sea hag a bottom feeder, I don't think he means that as in as in the slang term where she's like at the bottom of the food chain. Mm. I think he means literally like the horrifying things that are at the very bottom of the sea. So. Because there are horrifying things at the bottom of the sea, y'all. Oh, yeah. Don't look up pictures of stuff from under the ocean. Stay out of the water. Yeah. The ocean is none of our business. So, Necron does not show up yet, but he sends his horrible little minion to uh, be like, Remember, you have to give Necron the mermaid's life energy or he'll kill you. (laughs) Very Silver Age toad from the X-Men energy. Yeah, yeah. We don't really have sycophants like that anymore, do they? Like, I I mean... Well, we haven't seen it yet, but the Renfield movie just came out. Yeah, but it's not like Nicholas Holt is going... We don't know. We haven't seen the movie. That's true. I would like to see that movie. I've heard mixed things. 
One of the things I've heard is that the script is really weak, but all of the actors are really good. I would expect nothing else. Hey, and, and Nick Cage Dracula makes a Pope explode. Plus Nicholas Holt, who I'm really coming to to have a soft spot for. I saw a thing about him online where they're like, "Is has he ever been in something where he doesn't play a reedy asshole weirdo? Nope. I was like, well, he was a zombie in uh, that movie where he was a zombie. Warm Bodies, which I enjoyed a lot. I like the book, too. They're, they're very different. Mm-hmm. But... I prefer the book, but yeah. Well, the book's better. Of course. But I really like the movie. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, it's Romeo and Juliet with zombies. And I'm like, yeah, oh, it's a... That's fine. It's Romeo and Juliet with zombies. It's, it's a cute... It's a very cute movie. <laughs> a weirdly cute movie, I guess I should say. Yes. So the sea hag uses her ability to control the weather because apparently that's an ability she has. I guess that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. if you're, although probably less if you live under the sea, right? Like, eh. I guess she wanted to. It seems like a thing mermaids should be able to do. Oh, I guess I'm just thinking about once upon a time where that is a ability mermaids have. <laughs> oh, Sorry. once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she sends a storm to San Francisco, but before the storm gets there, the Little Mermaid goes to talk to her human lover. She calls him out of a work meeting and is like, hey, it's an emergency. I need you to tell me what you think about me right now. And he's like, but Ariel, I had a business meeting. I'm sorry, her Actually, name's like Skyla. It's or... Miley. Oh my God, Miley. Honestly, considering that she called him out of a meeting to tell him it was an emergency and then wanted him and then like wanted to discuss the relationship, I feel like he's taking it very well. Oh, yeah, no, this would be like red flag central. But he's like, I love spending time with you. I love how you have a zest for life. They've been dating like a week. I mean, I guess a month. Maybe. We don't know when in those 30 days she met him. He's got a real... Dollar Store Christian Slater vibe. Oh, I could see that. He's like if Christian Slater and Patrick Dempsey got in a transporter accident. Well, I feel like he just looks like a generic good-looking white guy. Yeah. Miley tells him he's going. He's leaving to go on a business trip, and she says if he doesn't tell her how he feels before he goes on the business trip, she might not be here when he gets back. And she's very clear. She's like, that's not an ultimatum, but I might be gone forever. Again, not an ultimatum. Just a vague, ominous warning of things to come. So he seems like he is about to say that he loves her, but then it starts raining and she runs away because, as we mentioned earlier, she's going to turn into a mermaid if she gets wet, so she has to run away. Maybe don't have this conversation outside directly next to a fountain. That That isn't even the worst part of it. Like, the fountain, like, just not outside. So she runs away... You know, you could pull you could pull him with you to the awning, I guess, she's standing under. Yeah, she must be under something because the rain starts pouring down and she doesn't actually turn into a mermaid. But she looks behind her and Oh there's... my god, the clouds part and like the god's finger rays go through the cloud and illuminate the billboard with Phoebe's face on it. Yes, the aforementioned billboard glows with ethereal light and the mermaid looks up at it and she she nods and she's like yes yes i see what i must do miley miley the mermaid all right so uh you could have come up with something ocean e so uh there are well and truly 
just all men behind the camera at Charmed now. Hey, you want to see Rose McGowan's boobs? Like, fully see her complete boobs because they send her in in a soaked shirt that leaves, like, nothing to the imagination. And I feel so bad for Rose McGowan. This is, like, not cool. This isn't the first time we've seen them do it with her either. She had a club outfit in one of the early episodes last season where you could legitimately just see all of her breasts which i'm really surprised got on tv i guess it was before hd so it was harder to tell but like i guess and i mean i just it 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 feels really it feels really icky to me yeah she gets wet a lot in this episode which doesn't feel great well i mean this is the worst part as far as like Really, not the bit where the sea hag traps her in the water vortex, and then this is—I mean, this is the longest shot of her. I, I feel like this is the most exploitative shot of her. Also, this scene makes no sense. We're we're caught up talking and we're caught up talking about how wet she is because she just came through a storm. You know, the storm the sea hag sent because she can sense the mermaid's tail, so she sent the rain into San Francisco to wash her out. Yes. But it's also just raining really hard everywhere. Paige comes into the office and her boss is like, Paige, you're late and you're wet and I can see all of your boobs. I mean, that outfit is, A, not something you should wear to work in the first place. Uh, If we start, if we start, if we start unraveling that thread, we'll be here all night. But like, she's like, and then she starts yelling at him. Okay, you know what? I'm on her side. I am on her side because he's like, you always just come and go as you please in this office. And she's like, it's not as I please. I'm an assistant. I'm running errands. If you want me to sit at a desk, then maybe you should make me a social worker. And he's like, well, I am. You're promoted. Okay. It's a really weird scene. It is very weird. The The energies, I, I don't know. And this is something, this is something Paige has been wanting for a while and get ready for her to immediately ditch it. Like, it was a running plot thing with her last season. Like, she went on that date with her boss's son. She was up against that guy, but she felt like she shouldn't get the promotion over him because she used magic to help a woman escape her abusive ex. Oh, I. speaking of things we can't relitigate, yeah, no, I can't get into that again. It makes me so angry. Mm. But it makes sense that the higher Paige gets in her career, the more it will become a conflict with her witch responsibilities. That makes sense to me. I think it would make sense if, if this was, like, a conflict for the rest of the season, but it's not. She quits her job, I think, next episode. <laughs> well, they have to get us into uh, what the show is going to be. <laughs> so, not knowing what to do with Paige, because, God, that girl bounces all over the place. It's true. So, she calls Phoebe, and the show does this weird like sliding wipe and then split screen it has never done anything like this stylistically before i don't understand what is happening that they thought they would do this now it is ridiculously cartoonish it's really jarring too it's it's not the style of the show yeah so phoebe talks about how she's got a very important court date today She's going to get her divorce from Cole, and... She has to do this. She has to be free. She can't live her life looking over her shoulder, wondering if Cole is going to come back. Okay. Okay. You... You you know he's back from hell. Well, 
Also, honestly, I'll, if anything, that makes it make more sense that she really wants to push this through the divorce. I guess, but they both seem to think he's dead, which is weird. Like, they, everyone knew that Cole was back at the end of the last episode. Like, Leo had a whole speech about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it's very, it's very weird. It's also very weird that she's like so desperate to escape Cole. That's not a feeling that she has had. Yeah, like... So desperate that she's, like, pushing this through, even though since nobody can find Cole, it should actually take a while for this to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that does get mentioned later in the episode. Right. The judge is like, this is an insanely fast amount of time for divorcing. Yeah. But, like, also, why do you think getting a divorce would stop Cole from trying to win you back? I, like... I have no idea what her thought process is with this divorce. I honestly don't. Like, the dude literally crawled his way out of super hell so that he could be with you. But you think he's gonna be like, oh, I got the big D, I guess I gotta go back to super hell or wherever. Well, but also, you're making it sound like he's stalking her which i i will say like in this episode he comes on very strong to a woman who tells him to go away and that's not okay but prior to this episode he has no reason to think that she won't be glad to see him well, i mean when they had their confrontation last episode uh he he she she was trying to get him she's like you need to move on cole and he's like i will win you back no matter what but I, I mean that that's kind of yeah it's very weird that phoebe has these intense feelings of hatred towards cole seemingly kind of out of nowhere yeah they've changed their dynamic in a weird way without explaining it anyway the little mermaid goes up to phoebe and is like hey i'm a huge fan and phoebe's like oh i love my fans write me a letter i answer all of my letters yes she does say that and yes, that does mean we have confirmation that Phoebe does literally answer all of her letters. Uh, honestly, the big thing that gets me about this is, and it's such a, such a little thing. Like when she's like when she's spooked by the mermaid, she screams and jumps. Oh, I'm like, shouldn't you like try to kick her in the face like you did with Cole when you first met him in season three? Like, what if she was a demon? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Mi Miley's like, don't worry, I'm a mermaid and you're a charmed one. And these are things I know because the charmed ones are super famous under the ocean. Especially Paige for some reason. Then she gets splashed by water and full on turns into a mermaid. So Phoebe lifts her up and throws her in the car. Phoebe just tosses her in the car. Which I guess is considerate for Phoebe, considering... Yeah, she doesn't just leave her there. Yeah, well, especially her attitude towards... Her and Piper's attitude towards the mermaid for the rest of the episode. Yeah. So the sea hag teleports in front of Phoebe's car, and she's like, Give me my mermaid, and Phoebe just runs her over. Yeah, like, but it, it because the sea hag is, like, made out of water, it's just, like, Terminator 2. She just ends up, like, running through her. Hmm. And then back at the manor, they're drying Miley off with a hairdryer so that she has legs again. I do kind of like that. <laughs> and Paige comes home. She just skipped out on work, even though she just got promoted. 
and she sees the very last vestiges of tail before they finish drying off Miley, and she's like, oh my god, what the hell is that? Ew, what a freak. Seriously, mermaids are cool. Yeah, like, right? People like mermaids. It's a thing. Look at it. Look at it. Look at a waterhouse painting. Yes. Yes. Piper doesn't want to fight the sea hag. Yeah. For some reason, Leo telling her that she was going to die for 40 straight minutes has gotten into her head. Something something Leo completely misses because because Piper's like, I don't think we should fight the sea hag. I think we should uh, run and flee and hide under a rock. And Leo's like, Piper, that's not like you. You love fighting evil, which she really doesn't, but... Whatever. Is Leo the show's Mary Margaret now? Yes, yes. Oh my god. Yeah, all he does is convince people to do things, and then when they are convinced, get upset and try to convince them to do the opposite. He's just there to be Leo, Leo, quite contrary. (laughs) So the mermaid tells them about being a mermaid. Like, the sea, it calls to you... Wait, that's not the Little Mermaid. That's Moana. But the sea, it calls to her, but then you swim and you swim, and it's great for the first few hundred years, and your heart grows cold, but then you see a man who warms your heart, and then you have to make him love you. Being a mermaid is freedom. It's freedom from obligation. It's freedom from everything, including emotion. Sometimes mermaids get, you know, bored, which I guess is the one thing you can't get free from, and I guess having a... a roosting instinct is you know well honestly bringing up warm bodies was was weirdly right like your heart begins to warm and then you start to desire things the fact i mean it's so hokey but the fact that his heart starts beating like yeah i do i really like what they did with warm bodies and again the book is way better than the movie but they're both really good and there's just a whole thing about the difference between uh surviving and being alive yes yes but Miley the mermaid needs their help. If she hooks up with human boyfriend, then she will become human forever or until she dies of natural causes, which will seem probably like it'll happen pretty quickly to her because she's been alive for hundreds of years. I don't think it works like that. I think she's going to be like 20. She's going to be the age of the actress portraying her. No, but like mentally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll feel like a blip. That's yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, because if, if you've been living for, you know, that's why time seems like it goes faster the older you get, because it's so much less a percentage of your life. So if she's been around for hundreds of years, her humanity is going to be like, you know what actually weirdly touched on that briefly? Buffy. Yes. Where Anya points out, like, when I, like, season five? Season five, yeah, because Dawn's there. Mm-hmm. Um, Anya starts freaking out, and Xander realizes it's because she feels mortality more than the rest of them because it used to not be something she had to worry about. Yeah. So this conversation with Miley is going very poorly between Phoebe being like, oh, you're so foolish to give up all your freedom for a guy. Men are terrible. You should just give up and go back to the ocean. And Piper being like, oh, I don't think I could fight a sea hag. I definitely don't feel like I could fight. And Paige is like, what the fuck is happening? And she brings her sisters into the kitchen for like, charmed one sidebar. Because seriously, which, buckle in Paige, this is going to get... This is your life now, Paige. Yeah, I was going to say this is going to get worse. No, it's going to stay at around this level. Although a lot of time Piper's issue isn't fear, but apathy. Yeah. 
she does tell Phoebe, like, just go to your court date if you're just going to stand here worried about it. And Piper and I will deal with this. Somehow we will manage to find out how to defeat a sea hag without the powers of levitation and... Premonition, which never comes up in this episode. This is a new season. Everyone should be demonstrating their powers. Yeah. What? I mean, they kind of are, right? They're... (laughs) Oof, oof. So, Poor Paige. She's the youngest sister. She's the least experienced witch, but she's more and more in charge of the charmed ones. Yeah, that's because nobody else nobody else cares. Everybody else is just checked out. So And also poor Paige, because she's talking about the sea hag and trying to figure out, like, trying to reason out how they're gonna fight it, and then she brings up this water demon she read about that kills in this really cool way. Ooh. I think it's interesting that they all assume that it's the monster that killed their mom. I mean, it probably it was, is. but like, we have no idea. She never says the interesting way the water demon kills. Maybe it's a kappa. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. But they all just assume that it's the monster that killed their mom. So I guess they didn't tell them how. I mean, I guess that makes sense. You, you wouldn't be like, you just say a demon killed her. You wouldn't be like a lake monster turned itself into water and then flooded her lungs and then puppeteered her corpse around Oof. until i guess someone electrocuted it because i mean yep yep i mean it, it wasn't doing the corpse puppeteering thing with their mom because you know she was a corpse that peru saw so Oof. so Paige is going to go get the boyfriend from the airport and try to get him to profess his love before the time runs out so that they don't actually have to deal with the sea hag. And Piper's going to go check the Book of Shadows for ways to defeat the sea hag just in case that doesn't work. Piper finds a power of three spell, which they don't end up using. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're assuming you have the power of three at your disposal, but like, you could have put the other way to vanquish her in the book. I mean, I guess maybe whoever, whoever wrote that thing in the book. How much must it suck to be like, I'm assuming it would be one of the ones with premonition who's just sitting there being like, okay, another power of three spell. I got to write down the book. (laughs) Okay, if I had sisters, here's how I would kill this (laughs) demon. I actually hadn't thought about the Book of Shadows being filled in by someone with premonition. That's actually cool. I just kind of assumed that because, I mean, the spells usually work, so... Huh. That makes a lot of sense. Anyway, back in the Sea Hag's Cavern, Necron is like, Hey, I want my immortal soul that we bargained for. He says he made this bargain with her six months ago and that she hasn't delivered a mermaid to him yet. And she gave Miley 30 days. So is Miley like the sixth mermaid she's gone through and failed to deliver to this guy? Apparently she's been successful on many other occasions. I'm surprised she doesn't have some immortality just... Lying around? Or maybe she was just lying to Miley later when she's like, all mermaids submit to me eventually. Or maybe they were working off different versions of the script. Or maybe this just wasn't particularly well written those things is possible i mean once you have one person's immortality i think you'd not keep doing that you think maybe she's maybe that is her side hustle and she's just constantly selling immortality to other demons although would demons need it i guess life force sucking demons would i mean but how many life force sucking demons are there 
maybe she sells it at like the demon equivalent of whole foods and it's like the demon equivalent of you know those bars that were clearly invented because someone's kid someone rich's kid had a specific allergy and they're like we're gonna make brandon's kick-ass barley bars yes anyway she does talk him out of killing her she's like if you kill me now then you have no chance of getting the immortality you should give it a few more days and so he eats his minion instead because there is no union for minions yeah the 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 underworld really should get on unionizing Mm -hmm. it does not pay to be a minion and charmed also i mean I'm surprised this guy lasted this long. He's very irritating. He's very minion-y. Yeah. Like, get a sexy minion. They'll, they'll try to kill you, but they're not annoying. So Paige shows up to the airport, and Miley's boyfriend is like, uh, did Miley send a stripogram? Excuse me very much? What a rude thing to say to a woman you don't know. Or to a woman you do know. Not that we're, you know, not that we're down-talking stripping no absolutely not it's just it's a very odd thing to say to someone you don't know yeah but apparently this is part of you know miley's always doing wild and crazy stuff because she's his manic pixie dream girl because she grew up in the ocean and you know what they love sending in the ocean stripograms (laughs) oh it's a novelty because mermaids can't actually strip because i'm pretty sure that those clamshells are part of their body hmm yeah. yeah. Okay. But Paige just says that he has to come see Miley, otherwise Miley will die. So I guess he's going to go with her. And Phoebe is trying to get a divorce. She explains that they've done everything they can to track down Cole and serve him and they couldn't find him. They published a notice in the newspaper. Daryl's here to be like, as cops, we did everything we could do. There's definitely no way that we are ever going to find this guy. You should just grant the divorce. Okay, I just want to point out, Cole apparently got his job back at the law firm he used to be working at, so I'm guessing Daryl didn't try very hard to track him down. Yup. Yup. Anyway, Cole shows up, and he's like, hey! And Phoebe storms out of the office, and she's like, you evil bastard! How dare you! How dare you! And it's like, what? Okay, that's bad, but you know what's even worse? Daryl comes running after him and is like, you just made me look so bad. I said we couldn't find you and you showed up. Okay, Daryl, that is not Cole's problem. (laughs) This is not about you, (laughs) Daryl. This could not possibly be less about you, Daryl. To prove it, Cole then turns Daryl into a water cooler. (laughs) This is fantastic. Cole has do anything powers now. He mentioned that he's been hanging out in the wasteland, like he went back and hung out in the wasteland for a few months and that's Sucked why... up as many powers as he could. I just assumed he ate the tentacle monster that lived there and that's why he had all the powers, but... Well, as we said before, I think he became the beast. Yeah. But, like, he killed the beast, so you'd think he'd just... Yeah. But anyway, he he's immortal, he's invulnerable, he can do basically anything now. He tells Phoebe that he's going to redeem himself so that she'll love him again. He's just going to make up for all the evil he did. And honestly, good for him. Yeah, like, cool. That's that's neat. And Phoebe's like, no, no! And she start, she stabs him with a... Uh, letter opener. With a letter opener. And uh, his blood is acidic and it burns through paper and his, heal, his wound heals instantly. He's like, well, you seem like you're in a bad place emotionally, so I'm going to, like head out but 
I'll see you later. And she's like, ah! She's like, I could never love you. You're a monster. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Phoebe, calm down. Never, ever. Oh. <laughs> Which, why are they playing it like that? What? It's weird. It's I mean, nonsensical. I guess it's supposed to be like, so it's a surprise thing when it turns out she still loves him in the second part. So they have to contrast it with her being very weird here. It's, it's. Also, maybe make sure, like, she, she, she runs screaming off into the distance. Daryl's still a water cooler. Like, Cole unwater coolers Daryl as soon as she's gone. But, like, you didn't want to have him fix Daryl before you left. <laughs> Daryl could have been a water cooler forever. Yeah. Daryl doesn't seem to know what happened, which I guess is better. It's for the best. Also, this is part of this is part of the charmed ones not caring about innocence anymore. Or she doesn't care what happens to Daryl. All she cares about is her own drama. It's part of the charmed ones not caring about Daryl. Yeah, that too. Later in this show, they will kill him and steal his soul without his permission. Mm-hmm. Back at the manor, Paige shows up with. The mortal boyfriend's name is Craig, by the way. She shows up. Yeah, Craig. Craig and Miley. She shows up with Craig and he's like, this, this woman said you were about to die. And she's like, yes, I'm going to die if you don't tell me how you feel about me. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You know what? Fair. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's very odd that earlier in the episode they went out of their way. I mean, I guess it's not odd because they needed... But they made a big honking deal about Miley not being able to tell him her secret. Yeah, but they didn't make it like a masquerade thing where she's not allowed to because of the rules of Supernatural. She just doesn't because she thinks he'll think mermaids are gross. And they agree with her. So, like, best case scenario here, what she's going for is he says, I love you. And then she just never tells him about the mermaid thing. Okay, that seems like a bad note to start a relationship on, but... Mm. Well, instead, she picks up a, a vase from the coffee table and pours the water on herself and turns herself into a mermaid. And he's like, oh, gross! Blah, you freak! And he runs out of the house, which... Oh my god, dude. Have a, li- have a little bit of chill, man. And, of course, the sea hag senses the, the tail and shows up and starts to attack them. And Piper freezes up. Oh, Except she, uh, yeah. yeah, she is unable to blow up the sea hag. She freaks out. She hides behind the couch while Paige gets trapped in a column of water. Hey, Paige, remember how? Remember that cool way of killing that you looked up earlier? Hey, Paige, you want to get a little closer to her mom? <laughs> Miley's calling for Piper to help, and Piper's just hiding behind the couch. It was nice of the sea hag to not kill Paige, I guess. I, I think Paige managed to fight her way out of the column. The sea hag teleports off with Miley, and uh, Paige is somehow freed and, once again, very, very wet. Mm-hmm. I guess it's shorter this time. Mm. 
But yeah, Piper is in a bad place mentally, and no one can figure out why. Phoebe's like, what made Phoebe's back now? Phoebe's like, why did you freeze up like that? And Piper's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Something something made me worried about my, my mortality for some reason. Surely not the three-hour speech Leo gave me earlier about how I'm going to die. Leo says she's hormonal because she's pregnant. Oh my god, Leo. Oh my god. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Leo's the fucking worst. I'm glad Piper divorces you later. Kind of. Not really. I mean, they break up and they act like they're divorced, but they were technically never legally married, so... Eh, who knows? Can you unhand fast someone? Hand slow. I mean, they were married... Ice foot slow. They were married in the eyes of the elders, so... Yeah. Yeah. So... They do have a spell that will vanquish the sea hag, but it is a power of three spell. And they don't know where the sea hag is because only mermaids can track her, apparently. And they don't have a mermaid anymore. She took their mermaid. Mm. So Paige is going to write a new spell, a to find a lost mermaid spell. To find a lost sea hag. Yeah. I, I do, by the way... Like what they say about the sea hag, the sea hag can't take Miley's immortality. She has to give it up willingly. So all the sea hag can do is induce despair until she's willing to do it. I do like that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of interesting things in this episode. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see any of them, but there are a <laughs> lot of interesting things. In oh, Phoebe also tells Piper to calm down, even though in the history... <laughs> Of calming down, telling someone to calm down has never made them calm down. Yeah, she's like, Piper, you need to get over this whole stupid fear of death thing. She says all this stress isn't good for the baby. Oh, yeah, thanks. That'll make her less stressed out. Uh, it's a real don't think of an elephant situation. Honestly, this was this was a thing that I worried about when I was pregnant. I was like, uh, I can't take my meds to calm my anxiety, but also if I feel too anxious, then... The cortisol will flood the, the, the fetus. And ah, it was it was very stressful trying to de-stress while pregnant. Mm. I, I feel for Piper in, in that in that way. And you know who's not helping? Who? Anyone! Yes, it's true. Get over it is not good or helpful advice. And, and Leo's even worse. So in the Sea Hag's lair, the Sea Hag's like, Hey, Miley, want to put this shell on your boobs? Your boyfriend thinks you're gross. Want to put this shell on your boobs? She says the heartbreak that you feel, you'll feel forever. Want to put this shell on your boobs? <laughs> Which is definitely a lie. Yeah. She's telling her that because she's immortal, it, it will never fade. I really feel like it's the opposite. Yeah, wouldn't if she went back into the ocean and, like, her heart would turn cold again, right? That's the whole deal with being a mermaid. Yeah, she's definitely lying to her. You'd think she'd get over it faster. But she's like, yes, every mermaid I've seen who who... Uh, every mermaid I've seen loses their... Apparently she's done this a bunch of times before, which I'm going to just choose to not believe her. I mean, I think she's lying to Miley so about her not getting over her heartbreak, so yeah, she could be lying about that too. Yeah, my uncle works at Nintendo, and he told me that there's a game where, uh, where, where Mario and Sonic are best friends that they're going to come out with. So for some reason, Daryl's in a shootout in an Italian restaurant. I feel like maybe uh, 
maybe we should be offended on behalf of the Italian-American community. I feel like we should be offended on behalf of the television-watching community that there was, like, no lead-up to this. He's just literally in the middle of a shootout. I like to think that this isn't a police-related thing. Harold is just having lunch here. Yeah, it's like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So he's about to get shot, like, 17 million times in the face when Cole shows up and he stops time. And he's like, hey, guess who can stop time now? Me. Suck it, Piper. Yeah, he tells Daryl that he's trying to redeem himself, so he's just going to follow Daryl around and capture all the criminals for Daryl. Oh my god, this is so adorable. He (laughs) wants to be Daryl's sidekick. And Daryl's like, I don't know about this. Like, basically every season of Charmed after the first one, someone offers to be Daryl's sidekick, and he always turns them down, like... Phoebe did it back in season two where, where she's like, I have premonitions. I can work with you at the police station. And he's like, no. And oh, I feel like other people have offered to help him with stuff. I don't know. Like, this feels like it's a running thing for Daryl. Daryl doesn't want to do it because I'm not going to be your back door to Phoebe, which, I mean, okay. I guess it's good you have the dignity not to be used like that. But, mm-hmm. I mean... He just stopped you from being shot like a bunch of times in the face. You could be able, you could, you could give him a thank you. He did turn him into a water cooler. <laughs> so it evens out. It evens out. So Cole helps him capture the guy and he's like, I'm going to be your best buddy and sidekick friend, pal. And Daryl's like, ugh. Ugh. So back at the manor, Paige is worried about the fact that she skipped out on work and she's definitely going to get fired. And Phoebe's like, Paige, can you stop that for just a second and focus on the fact that Cole is back and I'm really stressed out about it? Also, I have to write my column. I'm surprised that didn't make more of it. It's weird she never brings up the radio interview. Oh, that's going to be a big thing next episode. Ah, okay, okay. Again, two-parter. Anyway, she she says that Cole put her through so much, she just can't deal with it. She just wants to go out to the ocean like a mermaid. Mm, I wonder if this is setting up anything. I wish I could be free like a mermaid is. And Paige is like, hey, look, I just wrote a summoning spell that combines Eastern and Western magic. Oh, God. Or a locator spell or what have you. Right. And Piper comes up and they're like, hey, Piper, are you going to flip out? You're going to cry like a little baby? You little cry baby baby? (laughs) So they cast the spell, which is just a normal spell, but they rhyme C with Chi. So that's the Eastern influence. (sighs) Anyway, they cast the spell and Phoebe turns into a mermaid. Yeah. Because apparently the spell decided that the way it was going to help them find the sea hag was to give them a mermaid. Hey, if you want an elongated shot of Alyssa Milano staring at her own breasts, this episode is for you. Yup. I tried to post this gif on uh, Twitter, and Twitter would not let me. Interesting. It just kept on saying, your media will not load. But (laughs) I think there might have been a a, a different purpose there. So Paige and Piper carry Phoebe out to the beach and drop her in. (laughs) And it... Okay, you, you know when you get into the water and it's like, ah, oh, I can't put my head underwater. It's going to be terrible. And then once you do, it's like, okay, now I feel like I'm one with the water. Mm-hmm. She literally has that moment where she's like, ah, oh, I, I, I kick it in. I don't want to get my hair wet. Well, they toss her into the ocean and they're like, can you sense any sea hags? And she's like, oh, those seas gross. Uh, 
it's not working. Can we go home? Why did I have to be the mermaid? And then they're like, yeah, try putting your head underwater. And she's like, and get my hair wet? I mean, I, I feel it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with her on this. But of course, once she gets under the water, she's like, oh, I feel the call of the sea now. And the call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. <laughs> and then Leo orbs in and is like, all right, so what's going on? I love how he orbs in and he's like, well, I, I stopped him. I stopped boyfriend guy from getting on a plane again. But uh, why am I standing in the ocean? They're like, Phoebe's a mermaid. I'm just like, she's fucking great. Oh, by the way, to indicate that Phoebe has now gone full mermaid mode and is like hearing the call of the ocean. Alyssa Milano is talking in her baby voice. Apparently that's how she indicates that she is a mermaid. She's like, you guys, the sea is so great. I just want to swim in. I can't even do the baby voice she does. Yeah, it's, yeah. They're like, do you remember we're looking for the sea hag? And she's like, oh, it did smell something stinky. Just awful. But fun fact, Alyssa Milano was one of the inspirations for Ariel. Yes, yes, I've heard that. Although I'm sure a lot of it was Jody Benson. And a lot of it was that just being how Glenn Keane draws women. Yeah, partially that too. Fun, fun fact, Glenn Keane, the guy who's basically responsible for the way Disney princesses look now, he is the son of the guy who created Family Circus. Yep. Bill Keane. Yep. So when you see the little angry blonde child in a... Family Circus. In Family Circus, that is Glenn Keane. Yeah. And now it's being drawn by his brother, which has to be weird, right? Yes, I, yes, absolutely that's weird. Like, imagine taking, uh, your dad dies and you have to take over his job, which is doing cartoons about you and your siblings when you were children. Do you think he really hates one of the other siblings and that's why everyone, like, beats the shit out of Jeffy constantly? I don't read Family Circus, but uh, Jeffy's the one everyone hates, right? Yeah, but isn't Jeff the one who draws it now? Oh, maybe... I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's the one who draws it now. Yeah, I, I think you're... Oh, God. Yeah. There's probably some psychology going on there. <sighs> anyway, Phoebe finds the sea hag and calls to Leo so that Leo can orb everyone over there. And, okay, she is watching Miley suck out her own immortality and does nothing until her sisters show up. Oh, it's great. Leo or Leo grabs Piper and Paige to orb and then... Piper yoinks her hand away last minute, so oh. she's just standing on the beach, leaving Leo and Paige to fight the sea hag alone. I didn't I even... I, oh, yeah, I, I can't even believe I didn't bring that part up. I'm sorry, alone with Phoebe. Yeah, so basically Paige is on her own. Yes. Which is fine, because she's Paige. So she orbs the... She orbs the trumpet shell out of Miley's hand, and then she tosses it to Phoebe, who jumps out of the ocean like free willy and throws it onto the sea hag sucking out the sea hag spirit and it, it was on miley's chest for a while and miley was still like i mean she's dying but you know well she's immortal so it was taking a lot longer to suck out her soul than it did the sea hag yeah because the sea hag like that thing latches onto her boob and then uh so leo can't heal her because she's not human yes can't heal mermaids can't heal owls can heal pipes can heal signs <laughs> uh so leo orbs craig back into the lair to the sea hag's lair so that he can tell miley he loves her so that she'll become human so that leo can heal her 
And Kirk's like, I've decided to be cool with this now because the episode's nearly over. Yep. So she's going to have a rough time of it, right? Like, she didn't have a social security number or last name, probably. I like to think that there's an underground supernatural world in Charmed that helps supernatural creatures like her get, like, identifying documents and stuff. I would watch a show about that. Right? <laughs> like, like, yeah, there, there has to be an organization that, like, by necessity. Yeah. I would totally watch a show about that. Yes. So Miley becomes human. They're like, hey, everything is back to normal. Come on out of the water, Phoebe. And Phoebe's like, nope, going to be a mermaid forever. I feel the call of the water, and that's what I'm doing. Yes, the ocean calls to me, and I crave her freedom. I don't want to be, I don't want to be Debbie anymore. I want to be Elfstar. I'm sorry I did that the wrong way around. No, no it's well, better that way. Yeah, I mean... Because it's it's not a girl losing her soul to the Dungeons and Dragons. I don't want to be Elfstar anymore. I want to be Debbie. Although you can buy I don't want to be Debbie anymore. I want to be Elfstar t-shirts. Yeah, I made them. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that would be why we... Okay, yeah. Uh... So, yeah, Phoebe's a mermaid probably forever now? Who knows? To be continued. To be continued. This is a two-parter. Yeah, we're going to get Phoebe as a mermaid for two full episodes. All right, that was a it, that, was that a happened. Hell of a thing. That yeah. happened. I see. I know. I said I was excited to talk about the bad seasons of Charmed, and I am. But uh, yeah, that was a reminder of what we're in for. Oh, I kind of enjoyed how bad this was. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's kind of the weird thing about Charmed. Like, it gets bad later, but that's also sort of the fun of the show. Yeah. Like, it, it's not camp in the same way Xena's camp, but, like, it becomes tongue-in-cheek and kind of a parody of itself. And, yeah. I, like, I honestly feel the need to revisit the later seasons more than the earlier seasons, even though the earlier seasons are, I feel like, objectively better. Yeah, I agree with I agree with all of that. The, but the later seasons are more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Once Upon a Time is the same way. The earlier seasons were better, the later seasons were more fun. I feel like you're saying that now because we don't have to watch it anymore. Do you remember the slog we had getting through season seven? Season seven doesn't count. Season seven's a nightmare. Let's change who the big bad is every three goddamn episodes. Okay, so normally I'd say what Peacock says the next episode is about, but it used the same logline for both A Witch's Tale Part 1 and Part 2. Ooh. So the logline is, the well-meaning witches botch a spell and turn Phoebe into a mermaid. I think Piper casts a spell on herself to become brave. I think that's what happens. So we're just doing all the Disney movies right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? You know, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Barbie herself is in this. Margot Robbie yeah. was in this episode of Charmed. No, no, it's just that woman who looks like Margot Robbie. Yeah, it's, uh, I want Jamie to Presley. Jamie Presley. You might know her as, I believe, Joy from, uh... My Name is Earl. My Name is Earl, a show which I have watched some of and liked well enough. I, I, I was more of a Raising Hope fan, mm -hmm. which is the sequel series it takes place in the same universe yeah 
but she's not particularly good in this episode i mean she's fine she actually no that's a little strong she's not great in this i i don't know what she's doing i don't know what they're directing her to do in this episode i'm assuming she actually has a southern accent in real life because she kind of has one in this okay this whole episode i don't want to be down on her too much but she's really giving me like model who doesn't actually know how to act yeah she's got real reading the cue cards off the you're like and I, she, she was, she was on my name as Earl for several seasons. She can't actually be this bad. Yeah, like I, I've only seen a few episodes of My Name Is Earl, but she was good in that. She, but she was playing a really different character. It's. I, I am completely ready to just blame all the behind the camera crew <laughs> on Charmed for this. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure she's a better actress in other things. It's just. I mean, we, we don't spend that much time with her, so she's just kind of there to deliver exposition and then leave. It's true. Yeah. It's kind of a thankless part. Mm. And honestly, they didn't even care about her enough to give her a mermaid-looking wig. <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I am 100% sure that that was the hair Jamie Presley came onto the lot with. Ugh. They, they just really did not care what they were doing with her. Also, the, the minion, Necron's minion, uh-huh. he's uh, he's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as one of Boyle's cousins. Oh. You know how he's got, like, a huge clan of cousins? He's, like, the main cousin. Okay. Isn't it, like, Kimberly or Becca. something? Becca. Becca. Uh, I hate Charles Boyle quite possibly more than any other character in fiction. That might be a bridge too far, but... I'm sorry, does Joey Gladstone not exist anymore? I hate Charles Boyle worse than Joey Gladstone. Wow. I know. Uh, it's just, he's so awful all the time. And, like, and then they have his cousins who are exactly like him. And that's a trope I don't like in general. Like, I don't like the whole Dwight's thing with the Shroots. Mm-hmm. I don't like Ron's thing with the Swansons, where you have this weird investment in your family as this superior race of being. It's creepy. It's creepy and weird and eugenics-y, and I wish it would stop being in stuff. Yeah, I agree. Like, at least with Dwight, it makes sense, because his family's canonically Nazis. <laughs> I'm sorry, was that too much? I mean, it's true. It's true. I'm sorry, they weren't Nazis. He was in The Boond. Uh, I... Honestly, people kind of swung too... I feel like people swung too far because they're like, oh, you know, Jim's so mean, he's bullying Dwight, who's, you know, neuroatypical or whatever. And it's like, Dwight's legitimately a bad person. Like, I... I, (laughs) He needs to be put in his place, you're saying? I'm not saying he needs to be put in his place. I'm saying, actually, not put in his place. I don't feel bad when bad things happen to him. He routinely uses undocumented labor on his farm and then he has his cousin pretend to be an ins agent so he doesn't have to pay them yeah fuck dwight yeah that's legit evil like dwight deserves everything jim should have hit him in the face with an iron (laughs) we should move on all right time freeze the second power in our pack uh what specifically dated this episode jamie presley's hair i mean mean i i don't actually have anything mostly because we usually stay away from hair and clothes which we shouldn't 
Yeah, so so given that, I don't actually have anything that dates this episode. Were we going through a mermaid renaissance at this point? I feel like we're due for a mermaid renaissance. Well, we've got the live action movie coming. Oh yeah, I guess. Yep, that would that would theoretically do it. And I guess other movie studios aren't allowed to make movies anymore. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, bring back H two O. Just add water. That probably has some fans will be excited about that. I feel like the nostalgia cycle is ready for that. Yeah. 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 Plus, you could, like, sell mermaid earrings at Claire's. It's rife for product placement. Oh, yeah. Mermaid stuff? Absolutely. All right. That'll bring us to the final power in our pack. Uh, Telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Oh, my God. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that you don't have one. I don't have any telekinesis this episode, which... Oh, I must be Phoebe. I must be using her empathy to, to... feel your feelings and discover that you had none about this episode that is an accurate statement oh but you know what i still i still enjoyed it i I had a good time watching it we do have one of our uh over time our powers have evolved and we have one of our secret new special secondary witch mutations oh which secret power do you have uh the secret power i have for this episode is molecular combustion what Blew apart continuity, and oh my god, everyone's attitude towards coal. Okay, I just, I feel, I feel like emotional retcon. This is, this is the term that I'm coining for it. That's what it is. It's emotional retcon. Because no one's actually retconning the events that happened. Everybody's just wanting us to pretend that everyone felt differently about it than we saw. Yeah, buckle in for that. We're going to figure out how we're feeling about Cole. They will tell us at the beginning of every episode what feelings we're supposed to have about Cole. It's yeah. It's very... All right, I believe that'll about do it. <laughs> I think that'll do it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current five darn above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines, or you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Howell Manor.